You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Making Waves. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for giving us your Tuesday evening here on June 16th. Uh, this is the fourth installment of Making Waves, uh, the Q&A session with an artist who has been on Shiprock prior. Anyway, uh, my name is Justin, and I'm along here with uh, your host, Chad Nicefields and Van Wilson. You guys know Chad. And we are lucky this week to have our, our good friend Tyler from the band Goodbye June with us. Thank you, uh, Tyler, for taking the time to spend with uh, us and the Shiprocked family. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here. So I, this is the first time you've joined us for Making Waves. Uh, premise here is we're going to talk to Tyler about music, his influences, touring, life in a band, and also his Shiprock experience. Um, and then also, guys, if you're following along in comments and you have some questions for Tyler, please do put those there, and we'll go ahead and get those, and we'll, we'll pose those to Tyler. But uh, what I'm going to do here is just check out and let uh, Chad and Tyler talk about music. Go away, guys. Hi, Tyler. What's up, Chad? I got to divulge some very juicy information uh, to you about myself and being a super fan of your band. So uh, now that you know that my weak spot, what kind of guitar is that that you're playing right now? <laughs> This Chad, a um, early two thousands. Uh, it's called an Alvarez Yari. Mm. It's a handmade fan. This was my first uh, guitar purchase, a big boy purchase. Like this, you know, back in the day, it cost yeah. like I think fourteen dollars. Yeah. Uh, I'm a lot of graveyards and um, bought this was my first guitar as well. I've written almost every Goodbye June song on. Uh, nice. Yeah, so this is the baby. So uh, let me ask you this. Um, where are you originally from? Are you originally from Nashville? No, um, I'm from uh, southern Indiana. Okay. Um, about, about three and a half hours. Uh, yeah, about three and a half hours north of, of Nashville. Um, the um, town called uh, Hillham, like population, like 50 people. So okay. uh, that's where I'm from. So how far would that be from Terre Haute? Um, about, about two and a half, three hours. 
Okay, so now close it off. I just spent a lot of really uncomfortable time in Terre Haute, and I was going to ask you about a specific uh, restaurant that I enjoyed going to and getting drunk at when I was uncomfortably stuck there for a couple of weeks with some friends. Uh, well, with the band while we were staying with our tour manager who was from there. But yeah, I mean, that's crazy. So Southern uh, Indiana, I, I, I would have to imagine being in a small town and being so close to Nashville that it was probably your, your first uh, choice of where to... <laughs> exit and find your wings as a songwriter and, and a band guy right. good by junior first band did you guys move together that sort of thing um well um so i'm in a band with my two cousins landon and brandon uh okay. they're my cousins and uh they grew up in west tennessee uh they were uh kind of they moved around a lot they were uh grew up they're religious they're um Landon's dad was a youth pastor or a music minister, and Brandon's dad was a preacher. They moved around a lot. Uh, didn't really have a home, but they settled in West Tennessee for uh, three or f- uh, probably four to six years. They were there. I I don't remember, but um, about the time I was getting um, out of high school, they had they had a band. I forgot what their band name was, uh, but they had always wanted me to come come and join their band and uh so we started getting together and uh writing music and you know as as things progress and we decided this was something we really wanted to to pursue uh to get three you know where can we go you know where's the closest uh, musical it's like Nashville was the you know best choice because from our perspective a lot of bands that um you know, back when we first moved here in 2009, like a lot of bands moved up to like, you know, Kings of Leon, Jack White, Black Keys, they were all here. And yeah. uh, so we thought that was the place that we should you know. Yeah. So uh, we moved here in 2000 and um, been plugging away ever since, man. So, wow. So you've been there, you've been in Nashville. You said you were in East Nashville since 2009. Did I hear correct? Yes. Um, well, I, I, moving from that, because it's, it's interesting. I love Nashville, right? And I'm, as a guy, from, I'm from Michigan. I live in Detroit. I was born in a small town called Port Huron, Michigan. My first yeah. idea of making it was to go to Detroit, uh, where I didn't make it and uh, had to essentially do a lot more traveling in my life in order for anybody to pay attention. But you were, you, you hoot and holler as much as you possibly could until somebody paid attention. And, um, I would have to ask you, like, because I'm going to transition this into Justin asking you about how you got onto Shiprock, but I wanted to ask, like, when you start a band, which is essentially a family unit, and you are moving together to achieve a goal, there's probably going to be a lot of camaraderie <laughs> that has that you have to kind of go through, and uncomfortable camaraderie that you have to figure out, because not only do you share the same blood, but you also share the same vision which you think you is at least you think you share the same vision when you got right. to Nashville uh, and you were starting to make some noise, did you have to play what I would assume would be like a slew of just the Nashville grind gigs before anybody actually took notice? Like, I just don't understand everybody I know that lives in, in Nashville are like implanted there because they've already done something and are working in the studio or, you know, their band is situated there, you know, somewhat they're somewhat a, Established. They're somewhat, they have some sort of network they can, you know, yeah, create music. Like, yeah. Yeah. And to see that's so, so competitive because it is such a, it is a musical gold mine there, you know? Yeah, man. Um, 
Well, to kind of answer, I think I think the question, um, maybe like you know how how did Good Vibes Union get noticed in the early days? So we moved down in two thousand nine. We all uh, took day jobs, working forty fifty hours a week, and then at night we would get together in Landon Brown's apartment and write songs. Mm-hmm. And we did it, you know, three, four nights a week kind of thing. Um, a couple homemade demos. Um, and then we kind of just handed them around to people. And we found um, this producer that dug it. And then he had a studio down on Music Row. And we, we probably, he let us, what he, what he let do is he let us come in at night and, um, cut demos and practice and rehearse and just have a creative space um, after work hours. So after our jobs, we'd go straight there, get a 12 pack of beer and like, and just work until, you know, 10, 11 PM ish. And then go home, go to bed, do it all again. We did that for, we did that for about two years. I think we have about 80 songs from, from that era. Um, so <laughs> a lot of songs, right? 80 songs for, over the course of two years in Nashville after work. I could show you, I have them all on my iPhone. Like it's just, some of them will never ever see the light of day. Some of them get like some, like we Frankenstein cool riffs, you know, yeah. you know, like, Oh, remember that riff? That was a cool riff. Let's, let's steal it. You yeah. know? And then some of them will never, some of them will never live, you know? Um, sure. but, uh, <laughs> That's great. There's, That's there's, crazy. there's one record. There's always, there's always one per record that, make it and uh yeah. well actually the last one on community and there was three there was universal mega love rolling off my tongue and free child were nice. were those songs were older than our first record so magic valley and get the pieces together uh, i mean we it, you know re-envisioned it i mean you, you ain't gonna play the song same as as you know as a musician six years later so yeah. you, you those are kind of the modern updated versions of of the demos, you know, yeah. those days. So, um, hey, Tyler, I had a, I had a, two, uh, I had a quick question for myself. And then, uh, if we don't mind, it's something that kind of connects to a question from one of our ship uh, uh, followers right now. Uh, what's it like? What are the chances of another band from Tennessee being family members? Uh, much like Kings of Leon, you guys are like <laughs> another band where cousins are playing together. What are the, <laughs> Was that? A, did you guys ever come across like, oh my god, how did that happen? Well, um, I'm what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind even more. Is that the Kings and Leon guys? When I said Landon and Brandon grew in West Tennessee, yeah, they all of them, the King, uh, Caleb and Nathan, the oldest brother, and then Caleb, the lead singer, and Jared, and the and the youngest brother. Uh, they all went to this private church school that had the entire school had about 27 people in it. And they were there. And my cousins, Lane and Brandon also went there. So they used to play basketball together <laughs> in a school of people. And, a- I mean, we, it's, it's mind blowing. Like, and it's like, like the two bands came from that. And, um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because that church sure. that they went to was like it, incredible music. Because Landon's dad did music at the church, and he's like this big—he was this big uh, gospel uh, choir director. So um, he had all the best musicians 
in West Tennessee to come and play. And, and like Caleb sang choir, my, my Landon sang in the choir. Like, I think Brandon might've played drums at some point in the choir. Uh, I know Nathan Followell, he played drums in it. Like it's, it's mind blowing that that those two things interacted in such a small, you know, and the fact that you guys kind of actually share a sound that could be, you know, you guys are similar as certain aspects. So it's kind of interesting. Obviously I think that has a lot to do with, uh, Tennessee and everything else as far as that's concerned. Well, we had a question from Randy, uh, one of our ship brokers, and she wants to know what are the downsides of being in a band with family? <laughs> well, I want to know too. I'm very, very here, here, here is, here is the, the blessing and curse. The curse is that you're still going to have Thanksgiving with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you're if, if everything's going great and you're high fiving and you know you you know life is great then it's awesome and when you're when things are you know maybe not so tough or there's some friction you know you're still gonna still gonna have Thanksgiving with them so I mean I always find that as, as like a good thing you know like and we get along really really well we all share um, you know pretty similar backgrounds and like we have very similar views music and like what value and um we get along pretty well i mean it's I mean, we've had a handful of knockout drag out fights but i mean what family you know who, who what brothers you know haven't so um yeah and it's it, it's good uh, the downsides is is you have to have thanksgiving with them regardless of if the fight was resolved that's the answer to the question there you go yeah. you have to cut that friggin' awkward with a with a knife uh that you know when you're when you're sitting down at the table whether and that could just be great could, could be great awkward i would assume that like the greatness that you just came off of on a tour right and you know like just some fucked yeah. up shit about each other but like a good fucked up shit about each other and you're sitting at the family table like mm, I'm yeah waiting for that motherfucker to say something about it you know <laughs> or, or we're both very much avoiding a certain topic together yeah. you know we don't want to talk about you know what happened in you know uh Asheville. yeah <laughs> with that said we're going to skip around here we're not there's going to be zero continuity to our discussion today but i really wanted to come back to you were mentioning before we started uh the interesting story about how you and alan the captain and producer shiprock got together and, and how you guys came to be I'm Can I ask one know. thing before you tell before you do that? Because I, I'm sure it's like, okay. but I think we got to a certain spot and I, I wanted to know specifically, this may be selfish, but in of all of that through the family moving, doing all that stuff, you had to be, I heard your first EP, you know, I was super, super attracted to the sound that you were making, right? I was like, this fucking band rules. And then fast forward about two years after that, you're on ship rock with me, you know? And um, yeah. I just, I kind of wanted to, to know, can you segue into like before you met Alan, something had to happen and then going into meeting Alan and then we get to talk to you. Okay. I'll give you kind of the, uh, like a, a real brief synopsis of kind of goodbye June's journey. Right. So we moved to Nashville working full-time jobs and we had this span of two, three, four years where we we're working full-time jobs and we were writing all these songs. Right. And then, uh, you know, in true Nashville form, we found some business partners, uh, you know, a, a publisher who, um, you know, we, we worked out a business arrangement with and that allowed us to not have to work full-time jobs anymore. 
So very common, like songwriters. That's why we were writing so many songs. That's why we were, you know, we were just trying to immerse ourselves in that community. So once that happened, it, it really, really, it really allowed us to dive into becoming a live band yeah. and uh, performing out. So Nashville, there's a circuit of about, you know, five or six that uh and there's like you know two or three or four tastemakers in the rock world that if you get the clubs and you get the tastemakers and you're doing your job and writing good songs like you will you will see um great opportunities start coming in right so right. so we uh through luck skill good timing Devish, devilishly handsome. I don't know why, but uh, throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Mega handsome. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <Brilliant>. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we, you know, we we kind of found we put kind of put all those pieces together, you know. So um, and through that, um, all of a sudden, we started making relationships with. Um, some different songwriters and producers in town. And we linked up in that time with the producer first record. His name's Paul Moak and who's a great writer in town and a great, uh, just a great spirit. He's a champion of rock. I would say like there's uh, he's a great rock producer. Uh, and he, um, he let us use the studio kind of on a handshake thing. And we end up cutting magic Valley, you know, uh, the first 13 songs of Magic Valley, and then I think we cut like eight more songs later. Um, and then through that process, uh, we had some label, uh, you know, record label interest, and we ended up signing with uh, Interscope Records for that, for Magic Valley. And, um, and then from there, what I've learned with Goodbye June, at least, is like it's it's like your manager and all these guys and all your business partners that of course they're, they're a part of your success and they're a part of your failure too. But like, it's really the relationships that you make with other bands and other people in the industry that like, I mean, most of the major tours that we've been on has been because other bands like, like our, and they, we end up hanging out at a bar one night, you know? And it's yeah. like, hey, you guys on tour? Come on! And it's like, okay, cool, we'll be there. You know, like our first our first big tour was uh, ZZ Top. That was our first big opportunity. That was um, from our manager. He had showed Z, uh, ZZ's manager um, our first EP, and they loved it, and they had us open for him. And from that, um, we met up with some guys, Willie Myers, that we just connected with and that have became great friends of ours. And, um, so it's, you know, and then, and then it just keeps going like Greta Van Fleet and all those guys. It's just, it's really just guys that we've connected with over music and then have become good friends with. So. Well, those are all tours too that make absolute sense, especially ZZ. I mean, their audience would gravitate to you because at some point they're, they're going to be looking for their next ZZ top to pay attention to once ZZ calls it a day. And there's Goodbye June that kind of fits that bill for them. So, and you're wearing the shirt, so props to you, brother. Have you seen, yeah, the, have have you seen, the, have seen the documentary that just came out? Yeah, yeah. Perfection. Dude, I, I love Frank Beard. The line when he's on the couch and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, I just, I just had uh, uh, my first kid and 
and I just started taking LSD, and he's like, <laughs> oh. like things were changing. <laughs> love of heroin was like. <laughs> He had no problems talking about how much he loved his drug take. He wasn't apologetic about it. He just said, I just outgrew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you met Alan through this? Or, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt that question, Justin, but I am uh, like. Uh, okay. Sorry. So, so, here, so, so here comes so, the so, so, okay. So, here's um, the quick version is so, um, so we started touring. We started touring heavily. We started being, you know, open band, right? First of three, second of three. Uh, for a lot of different bands and we uh, in that journey we did a co-headline with a band called Bad Flower who oh. was on rock has been on rock a couple times uh, who became good friends of ours me and Joey we've done many uh, in the last like over quarantine we did a bunch of live because he was staying with me at my house so oh, we, we, drugs. <laughs> get, we would get shmammered and, uh, and go on Facebook live and then we call like John Notto and make fun of him or something from Dirty oh, Honey cool. Yeah. <laughs> we, lo- we love those guys yeah, yeah. Uh, i love joe um but uh so okay so what's happening was bad flowers coming through town and they were playing a venue and we were just backstage drinking with them we were not playing we were just there as fans and enjoying the show and just hanging out so alan was there and um i didn't know who alan was i didn't know um uh, you know his relationship with bad flower i had no there's just you know there's always people in the green room you know and you're just nice to everybody uh so so alan's there and uh he's talking with josh uh cats lead singer and i'm sitting across the table from him just having a beer not really paying attention and he said hey man you gotta you gotta get on uh, ship rock this year we want you back on excited to have you back on and josh josh is like he looks over at me and he said tyler so do you guys want to play ship rock? I was like, I was like, yeah. And he's like, you get goodbye June to play it, play it. Uh, and Alan, Alan looks at me and says, you're in goodbye June. And I like, I said, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm a huge fan. I was like, Oh, thanks man. I was like, cool. He's like, do you guys want to play ship rock? I was like, <laughs> I said, I, I was like, yeah. And like that, not two bands, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, sure. We'll play. And I said, I said, we'll play Bad Flower Plays. You get those guys to play. We'll play. So I put it back on, on, on. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know. I had no idea. I mean, I, mean, I use the leverage, use the leverage when you can. So good yeah. for you guys. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to speak on Josh and speak on Bad Flower and mostly to speak on the, the ship is segueing into that. Now you're part of our family, right? Um, I started, the only reason why you're, I'm here is, uh, because um, I somehow uh, managed to convince our agent to send a crazy video of my band um, playing to uh, Shiprock Allen and, and, and everybody over there because I was like begging to get on it. Yeah. I saw some other my other band friends were playing it, and uh, Allen took a chance and, and and said yes, put us on the ship, and uh, we went and played that first year, and my life has never been the same ever since. And you know, speaking from, I mean. At that point in time, our band, though we had came from other walks of life and been in other bands that have toured and do things, done things, it was not what it is today. It was just like we we're just some scraggly bucks that from Detroit that got that have beards that showed up on this. Uh, at the time, we all had huge beards, you know, showed up on this the ship, and it was overwhelming. We were super overwhelmed, right? Moving forward from that, I, we I did, we were we were a little bit above the top 
party people, you know, and happen to have a lot of great times and great oldies with all of the, the folks. Oh, not, the Wilson, not Wilson, the band Wilson. Yeah. Band <laughs> Wilson's party people. Uh, yeah. Like diarrhea in your, in, in your underwear. You just can't wash that stain out. We just stuck around, right? And because of that, like you said with Josh being like. That's your analogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just can't get out. You just can't wash this right out of the whites. The, um, the, you know, with you and Josh, right, and them having that conversation, that same situation has happened for our band. Uh, not, not the same exact version of it, but we've we've shared the stage and or brought attention to the sh- stage to the ship by going out with other bands or being asked to be gone out with other bands and vice versa. We've gotten to go out yeah. tour with tons of fucking bands because of that moment, that first ship. So yeah. welcome to the family, A, and B, that's so cool to hear that another band, uh, whether it was joking or not, was in the moment in Alan's face. And I know Alan's a huge fan of you. I knew he was a huge fan of you before you even played the show because we talked pretty much on a weekly basis about new bands, new rock bands, things that are coming up. And uh, we, we were gushing over you guys. It's cool to see it work out uh, like that. I didn't know that story. Yeah. So speaking, no, of, speaking of fans, real quick, I'm, I'm quickly interject here. Um, you know, I gotta be honest. When you guys played the ships the first time, I saw you. It's the first time I ever seen you live, and really kind of take you in. And then, obviously, when I knew you were were coming on this, I kind of started ingesting you. And today, we just kind of cranked you guys on Spotify all day. And I, I'm that serious. Very sexual, by the way. Just I don't want to interrupt, but that's super sexual definition. Yeah, absolutely, dude. No, <laughs> we're super addicted to you now. And I, I kind of like just to know, like. How you, what, who influenced you growing up and, and you guys kind of created the sound and obviously there's touchstones for what you guys do. There's like, you know, obviously Zeppelin, how you guys can able to segue between the rockers and stompers to something a little bit more like, like, like Darlin off of uh, Magic Valley. That's yeah. just like, it's something I would have heard on Led Zeppelin three. Right. And, right. Uh, and, or like, you know, Oh, Oh no. It's like, that sounds like Braun stomp. Mm. And it's just like, so there's, there's, there's these checkpoints for me in my head going, okay, I, I kind of see where that came from, but, uh, you guys have taken your influences, but not let them overcome you. Some bands like get just beat up by their influences to the point, like, where's their sound? But you guys right. have kind of sidestepped that and it, it's, it's completely original, but you've, you've taken enough influences and created the sound. And I just kind of want to know what influenced you growing up what got you into music and then, you know, and then how you guys have moved forward from like Magic Valley to, uh, I'm sorry, Magic Valley to community in. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. Well, I'm sorry. I just ramble. Oh, no, it's good. I, no, it's a great question. Great question. I, so what I'll do is I'll give you a, a very brief kind of my take on like and Brandon's kind of thing. I'll do 30 seconds on that and I'll talk about mine because I know, obviously I, I know that better. But Lana Brandon grew up in the church. Uh, they weren't allowed to listen to secular music. Uh, they didn't have TV really. Um, so their early um, influences was, was all Southern gospel. Um, any, any, any range of gospel. So, so very funky, very uh, in- different things and what happened was false um when we moved to nashville they were they were kind of um they shed their um shed former life i would say and they were open to um, you know all the classic rock all the modern rock like we got really into like cage the elephant and jack white and black keys and um king's leon and um 
lots of bands like that. But but really, those guys had the opportunity as grown men to listen to Led Zeppelin for the first time. You know, they had never really. I mean, they might have heard they might have heard something. You know, on classical radio, but they got to all the records, and they they would say right now that one of the big moments was they had a little lake house um, on the outskirts of town uh, by Percy Priest Lake, and we go there all the time and jam uh, after we got assigned to a publishing deal. So we ha- we had a lot of free time, so we'd go spend it out on the lake. And uh, my parents, I grew up on like CCR, Leon Russell. Um, ZZ Top, like the Trace Ombres record, that was played all the time in my house. Uh, anything Southern rock or whatever you want to call it, was that was played in the Baker household, right? So I brought down um, a Leon Russell record for him because I just bought a record machine. So I said, guys, check this out, a Will of Fist. And, um, and I gave it to him. Mom and Dad just said, just let them have it. You know, the, the, they'll enjoy it. And uh, so... <laughs> not to speak for them but it seems like that that era that 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 months of consuming all this music and all this new music and all the classics and and uh, they would really see that leon russell record will of the with like really um propelled them like this musical journey like when they pick up guitars and play drums and and do whatever it, it changed their way of thinking so that was a big part of the sound. And then me, I think I injected a lot of uh, blues. And I mean, I cut my teeth on like the three kings, like the uh, Albert, uh, Freddie and BB. Like I like loved them like that. Those are my guys, like everything, like going down is one of my favorite freaking songs of all time. Um, but I was real heavy in blues it just spoke to me. I was a guitar player. I'd always played guitar growing up and I loved, you know, those blues leads. And, uh, so it's kind of when our forces combined, I think, um, you got magic Valley. So that's, I feel like magic Valley community and both kind of have this, I think wide net, um, in the sense of, to me, you hear like some Led Zeppelin, but you kind of also hear just a little bit of Beatles, like trying to creep in, you know? Um, and then a little bit of, uh, you know, like you said, like Kings and Leon, like that kind of thing, like that Southern Dixie style rock. I think that's always creeping around in the, in the foundation of our sound. So, um, I, that's how to, and now what's funny is we're working on our third record and I'm not going to say it's changing completely by any means. It's not, but it's, um, you know, we're even forward further deeper into an, another direction you know so so our sound is still kind of evolving and and moving together in ways <laughs> you guys haven't really settled on a sound but it's funny you mentioned trace own base because quite honestly that is required listening in every household yeah it's like basically if you you got to have that record to your for yourself and your kids to, to both explore together um one band I, you meant funny you mentioned the beatles because i was listening to the new album and that's like there's a couple of songs and you know that english band keen oh yeah 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 yeah. there's a few of the vocal things i was walking to their house i was going, damn that sounds like keen so i mean it's just like you guys have gravitated towards this english sound as well to kind of meld with this american blues which it, quite honestly, it's just 
it sounds like an old formula, but it sounds so damn refreshing in 2020. Oh, so, well, thanks, man. It's, um, thanks. I like to think, uh, paint ourselves. <laughs> so Do I? I don't know if we could, I, we're painfully ourselves. So <laughs> I think, I don't think we could sound any different if we wanted to. So <laughs> we're just, it's a pot of, uh, you know, blending. We're just blending a, a good go for you. Well, uh, that actually kind of fit in what your answer about what you guys kind of grew up with. So Todd from Shiprock had a question about what influenced you. So Todd, I, I hope my friend that uh, answered your question. Um, I'm going to let Chad talk some because I'm sure he's got plenty of questions. I mean, I really, I, I mean, I was going to ask something similar Like you guys. It's so fascinating and not to take us back a step to the, you as a family unit coming there, but knowing that you kind of, even though you're a little different on the stylistic like spaces of what, how, what brought you, what you, you were brought up listening to kind of feels in the same wheelhouse. And especially I didn't, I didn't even think about the idea of like not hearing some of this music until you are, were essentially an adult in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. With your cousins. Um, do your fan, what is their, their family or your family like think about coming from that area of, of the world and, and uh, you know, the religious, upbringing what do they think about you guys being uh three people in a band moving forward did it's like for instance also in in and of that did um you know your the your the people of the church uh, that had formed their own own bands and i know i think there was a few other maybe acts that came out of that space i'm not sure but did they did they kind of like pave the way for the to be okay with your family or how does that how does that work well your family's probably a little maybe a little different no i um so what I would say is that it's been a long process from the very beginning of by June till now. And um, uh, in the beginning, there's a lot of resistance and friction and um, talk of, oh, it's a phase. Yeah. It's just a phase. They'll get out of it. They'll, you know, they'll come back. They'll, you know, whatever. It's kind of that mentality. So there's was, there was a lot of friction, uh, you know, in the families. Uh, my family is always pr pretty liberal um, on the music side. Obviously, I mean, my my parents let me listen to ZZ Top and let me listen yeah. to CCR. You know, yeah. two of my favorite bands. And yeah. uh, but Lana Brand, not so much. So um, I would say my family is, is conservative. Theirs, uh, I would consider ultra conservative. You know, like yeah. they couldn't wear pants or they couldn't wear shorts. They couldn't go to the movies. You know, like yeah. like. Like me, I just felt really bad when I wore shorts, you know, but I still wore them. I just thought I was going to hell. Because you so, have sexy thighs or? What? Because of your sexy thighs? Yeah, well, yeah, obviously I was sending so many, I was temp tempting oh, yeah, so many men yeah. and women. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, the men and women were flocking to the yeah. so Just to get a, you know, I, was, get a scope I, was, I find it absolutely <laughs> fascinating. I find it fascinating and, and super interesting that Brandon and Landon kind of grew up with that. But I, I could also understand, like, when you're a child and you're brought up, I am five years old and I've got this Alice Cooper record. Okay, cool. What do you do when you're 21? But <laughs> if you're older, you're an older teen or whatever, you know, nearing adulthood, and then you finally get access to this music, I mean, your mind is so much more, I guess, somewhat developed to where yeah. you you listen to that thing for the first time in a much different manner than you did as a seven-year-old, like yourself, right. listening to music. So in a lot of ways, it's got to be advantageous, you know, because you're like, 
after, you know, when you get to a certain point in adulthood, you're like, what the hell do I have to look forward to anymore? I've heard all the good songs. I've seen all the good shows. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So being an adult, being a later, a later teen and getting right. older, that, that's gotta be super footloose invigorating. Yeah. I, and I think it was, I think, it, I think that, uh, definitely jumpstart. It, 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 like I said, it propelled into the, you know, the path that you guys have, have seen, which, you know, magic Valley and, and community in, you know, it held us to that. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's been quite the journey uh, to get back to to everything. Like it started very uh, difficult and awkward with the families, but now, um, I mean, I don't I don't want to marginalize it to this point, but it's like we're now that we've beers and we're making my bills. Like, you know, they're like, oh, okay, this is like a legitimate career choice. Not yeah. to say that they're not that they're say you know that they're probably super stoked when you know they read some of our lyrics, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, but um, but I think there's a res- I think there's just a mutual respect and like I mean they're cool they're cool with it I, I would say that would be a great question for them maybe Landon Brand when you next time this will be like episode you know yeah. that you know you get another taste of good tune they can they dive deeper into that question better than i can i actually just want to ask to talk to your parents because i think I, I would be interested to find out if the other parents were like yelling at the, your parents because you were essentially you know leading leading them into the uh, into unsafe territory i wonder what that conversation would have been like <laughs> i mean maybe may, yeah maybe there was a season where uh, everybody kind of thought i was the uh um, the black sheep. Know, I was, I, I was the devil. You know, like maybe, maybe that was a seed. I think that is long path. I think <laughs> we're if 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 somebody's the devil, we're all the devil. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's okay. <laughs> the story about the parents finally understanding what they're doing reminds me of the Getty Lee thing, where he's talking about like his parents didn't understand what the hell he was doing with his life, and then forty years later they see him on TV and go, "Oh, you're an entertainer." Oh, yeah, I get it. That's what you're doing. So. Oh, you're kind of like Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. That's why there's only four strings on that thing because that guy has six strings on his thing. <laughs> hey, speaking of, great segue. So we have a uh, Sandman. That's his name, Sadman. Who wants to know, Tyler? What is your favorite brand and model of acoustic guitar? Probably the one you're playing there. What do you got going? Well, uh, so this is my baby ride or die if my house was on fire this is what i'd grab i would grab albert alvarez yari um but i'll tell you what man the ones um i enjoy playing the most and that we've used the most in the stu- in a studio setting and a live setting has been a gibson 45s there mm-hmm. are incredible uh for our sound and like they just have the perfect balance they're not like a Taylor. They're not too much. And they're not like Martin, which is, in my opinion, kind of typically more like bassy. You know, the the, the bass range is Martin. But uh, I think the Gibson sits right in. So, um, yeah, J45. That's probably my favorite acoustic guitar. It's a good pick. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it, man. Sam, man, there you go, bud. Gibson, is it J45? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. All right, there you go, man. Perfect, perfect. I wanted to kind of ask uh, about the ship. Well, so now that you did it, right? You know, after that moment of having that conversation with Josh and the Bad Flower guys and Alan, and you know whether whether you were the, he was pressured to put you on the ship or not. 
blah, blah, blah. However, you fucking, it, he, he followed through, right? You got the offer and you got on the ship. So how did you feel about yeah. it all when you first got on the first day? Just tell me about, tell us about the first day. I don't know if you played the first day of the ship. First, well, first day was, um, you're kind of talking to a little bit of a person that I would say would be biased because I get wild seasickness. Oh, like, I, I, sometimes I have to sit in the front of the bus or van. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I am the, I am a land lover as uh, seamen would call it. Um, so, um, so I was a little worried about that, but the, uh, you know, getting on the boat and walking in, I think there was a freaking band plan when we were walking in, we walked in with all of like our pedal boards and guitars and stuff. And, uh, and everybody was just, really excited to be there and everyone was getting messed up. So I was like, okay, we're going to be fine. Like, you know, I didn't know what to expect, you know? So I was, uh, surveying the scene and I was like, we're going to, we're going to be fine here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So we made it to our cabins and then I would imagine we probably cracked a beer and took in one of the first deck shows, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that Sail Away show in, in general, like, I remember my first time, you know, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? The biggest, I don't know what your crew was like, uh, like, if you had, like, any, any a tour manager or anybody else, like, I don't know if you were on tour, if you flew in, um, but if you did have to deal with, this is something we don't talk about a lot. I don't think Justin and I have talked about it with any other band, uh, but being that we're talking about the first time, because it is your first time on the ship, Getting your gear sorted in that whole entire process before getting on the ship, I know for us was so like there was so much anxiety. We didn't know if we were doing it right. We were worried about literally everything. You know, we were told that we couldn't. Yeah. At that point, we were so new. We didn't even hadn't even played like festival propers where we you know, like flute fly dates or whatever. So this is all new to us. Not having our own gear for the most part. What was that like when you guys showed up? What was your experience like with that? How did you feel? I mean, well, we, I think a little bit of our anxiety, we have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a crew, a couple right. of guys that always come with us, you know, so it's kind of pay them to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. We're more, <laughs> we're more worried about, um, we're more worried about, we're watching YouTube videos on how to uh, uncork a bottle of wine and put uh, tequila in it and then recork. <laughs> Without any, uh, without any, um, uh, you know, no problems in it. One. And dude, I got, we got it. I got the secret. I'm not going to tell all you, you guys. <laughs> Let's hear it. Man. Going, Come on, dude. Let's hear it. Dude, there's, there's, dude, there's this big, there's this big guy. He's a big, he's a big dude. And he's got an awesome accent. And he's got this like 10, 12 minute long video. You'll find him. And, uh, and he shows you how, and it's amazing. You push it through, you empty it out, you take a Kroger bag or like a plastic bag, you stuff it down in there, you blow it up, and that creates enough friction to get the cork out. And then fill it up with your favorite flicker, and you got to have muscles like freaking thumb muscles here. You got to like, and then you just cork back down. I didn't even think about that. And, and dude, it, the video is hilarious because he goes, because he keeps saying, you'll know the video if you watched one I watched that blew my mind. He keeps going, you know what I'm saying? You know. So he's like, 
he's like he's like he's like he, t- he takes the cork out and goes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so me and me and me and all the guys are like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were more worried about that equipment, getting that equipment on. Um, yeah. Our, our tour manager was more stressed out, running around like crazy. You know, like oh my god, the amps, you know, the amps, you know, whatever, you know. But um, oh, fucking awesome. Well, that's the that funny is, thing because amps, guitars, equipment is always in like aft room one eleven. You're like, where the fuck's that? I'm like, I don't know. I came across it somewhere. I saw more people's gear, and I'm like, I'm gonna remember yeah. that because whatever, because they don't know where it's at. It's 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 scattered. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. what you just recommended. Thankfully, the food and beverage person is not on tonight. So <laughs> yeah, no, you guys should not do that. That's <laughs> do not do that. But That's fucking hilarious. If you're going on another cruise, do it. By all means. Do it. You'll know what you'll know what I'm talking about. He's gonna say, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna keep no, the whole video is the best. You know what I'm saying? So then when you got up the because So when you're on you're on it, right? You you, you got on the ship. The whole entire thing's happening. You're getting you're in, you're seeing the sail away show, the the night's coming to Close. You're like, okay. I think I, I think I understand what this is. I would assume that your mind was kind of like, okay. I don't know if you play. Do you guys play the first day or no? No, I don't. I don't remember. We had. Um, we started. I seen you with the deck. I mean, in the. Um, uh, I forgot the stage. Uh, what's yeah, called the app? Whatever did, it's called. The Eagles. We did. We did the Eagles Lounge. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what day that was. We did. Uh, we did the main deck on, I think, maybe the last night, uh, whichever night, Hellstorm Land. Yeah. We, um, towards the end, I think it was the last full night. We, and we played the main stage around, I think, 6 p.m. And then uh, we did a bingo session, which all you ship rock guys, I'm the bingo master from now on. If I'm, okay. if I'm planning part of the contract, it's going to be, I'm hosting. That's the thing. Me too. It's like bands come on and really, we ask them to do some pretty, it's not an insane, but it was like, Hey man, you guys mind running this trivia or this or that or whatever. And everyone's super game because after the first day, as Chad said, you're locked in, you get it. You understand what it's a community. It's yeah. Fun. And so yeah. to have, plus it's advantageous as a band to get involved as much as possible. Cause your name gets out beyond just your music yeah. and what you do on stage. And it so, was, we just read person made people. It was fantastic. But it's, well, it was the best. You know what? It's so funny. Cause we had, we are band nerds doing bingo too, like in, in the theater. And I, I've never laughed so hard in my life at just how they this quick. And you start, you start getting people's personalities and the band's personalities. And you're going, man, there's, there's just so much more to these artists than just the music. And it's, it's really enlightening and really endearing for a lot of ship rockers. And also, you know, like people like myself, it's, it's great. I, I, I'm always, you kind of go walk away from that and going, man, we made the right choice here. This is great. Cool. Well, one of my favorite ship rock memories was, I think, I think Al, it might've been Al. It might've been maybe one of you, I don't know, maybe one of you two guys kind of hooked this up. I don't remember, but we ended up playing, we ended up going into the belly of the ship and playing, I think we played four songs and then we parted our balls off with with the crew. We played for the crew in the crew bar. We just bought a a couple acoustics down and we just like, we're like, okay, like, you know, we're not really an acoustic band. I mean, I might write some songs on acoustic, but it's like when you see good tune, we want to present in an electric format. And, uh, but there we're just like, okay, 
walk in, we all had acoustics and like, okay, everybody's cause the crew lounge, everybody, they need to let loose. Cause like they're working <laughs> all the time. About this. It's like the Titanic, they're dancing on tables. Oh, wow. Dude, I oh, I know. So we went, we went down there, and they moved the foosball tables, and like the back. We just like did like freaking, like old school Johnny Cash style up there, and we played four songs. And by the second song, we were standing up on chairs, and we were hollering between lyrics, and like I was going over like to the to the, uh, you know, like I was going into the crowd because it was like, this doesn't like not saying it doesn't matter. It's not what I'm saying, but like it was so free and fun and everybody was having a good time. And it's like, I'm going to go walk out. I'm going to go play acoustic and some people like, right in front of them, you know, like, why not? Like we were, it ended up getting again, pretty inebriated. <laughs> you said it right. Man. A little inebriated. <laughs> That's such a pinch me moment where you go, you can look back on your life and your career and go, you know, there's a time when we played down the whole of the ship in the middle of the ocean for people from like 40 different nations who were just having the best time. And we were, it, this, we, this was so cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, we, ended up getting, we ended up getting completely dominated at a foosball by this Russian girl and this Peru dude who have obviously been playing foosball have you seen for pictures? eight months. Yeah, I mean, they just killed us, and like, I think the rule was we had to take shots, lost, or I don't know what, or every every other point, or I don't know what it was, but they killed us, and it was fantastic. I mean, we wow. had a great time. So. That, yeah. I'm I'm super jealous. I didn't. I have never seen this crew bar uh, hangout spot. And the, uh, I, any they say they pick one. They say they pick one band a year. I don't know. Wow, <laughs> that's even better, dude. So. I don't know. Do you guys have girlfriends with you or wives or any guys married or anything like that? I am. I've been with my wife uh, since I was 16 years old. Oh, 17 wow. years old. Man, good for you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we've been, well, we've been, we've been married like I think eight years and I've been with her a total of, I don't know, a long time. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She came uh, she came, and then the guys. Uh, I think, yeah, the guys brought a couple of their ladies, and um, yeah, we had a good time. It was, you know, it's it, the only thing is it's a little odd because it's like it's it's like a it's like a small festival, right? Right. And you float through the water, and it's like you're kind of juggling as an artist. You're kind of juggling. Okay, well, you know, I got to work. I mean, I got to put a show on. I got, I must entertain. And there's certain things that kind of come along with that and responsibilities that you, you know, you just got to be, your mind's got to be right to perform yeah. at your own party cruise. And it's like so easy to go just sit at a blackjack table and get, you know, drink tequila, you know, uh, when you probably shouldn't be. So <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of juggling for arts, you know, and then, and then you bring your loved ones, and then it's a pure vacation for them. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, yeah. my wife, our shows, you know, she was like, I've seen you a hundred times. I'm good. I'm going to sit at the table and lose $300. Um, I'm going to go up to the wife's tanning uh, level and go tan up. With all the yeah, other exactly. I mean, you know, she, she's on her vacation. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of juggling, you know, and you have to figure that out. First time, let's just say maybe I personally made a couple mistakes. Couple you shipper there might have seen what I might call a loose Tyler on stage. <laughs> uh, okay, 
You know, be better when, next he, when he visits your town, he bolted down. So Tyler, so let me ask you, man, we're talking about ship rocked and, and you had this, these great interactions where it's very rare. And I know Chad right now is just reading just total jealousy about the whole, like going downstairs and pong or whatever you played with him. What is it? Foosball. Sorry. What, uh, oh, yeah. How was your interaction with the, the ship rockers and the people? I mean, because I know a lot of bands go on, they're like, they don't know what to expect. They're like, oh my God, what, what's going on here? Obviously, you, they, a lot of people, ship rockers, they meet you for the first time. There might be fans, whatever. And then after that, it's, it's so chill. It's like they'll buy a beer, just, hey, how are you? Good shot. What was your, what was yeah. your relationship with, like, for that week? Um, I, think, I think it was great. I think there was uh, kind of this core group. Um, you know, we're still, I mean, we're still getting out there, you know, I'm not saying like, um, you know, we're still getting out there. So, so we had this core group, of like, you know, 60 to a hundred people who was very familiar with our band that had our records that was genuinely super excited to see us. And then there was this, you know, group of, you know, a thousand people that were willing that, that maybe had just heard enough of us or willing to on a new band or whatever but like it was to see to to sit and notice it and say okay this these are obviously our fans and then these other people came here because they want to be entertained you know it's like so it's like they, they want to find their next favorite band so yeah. um that cool and cool and um you know it made you want to perform at your highest level it was it was great. And then afterwards, you know, you'd always see those people, you know, going back to your cabin or you're going out to have a beer or you're going to hang out with some of your other friends, you know, your like we hung out with bad flower a lot. We hung out with Hellstorm guys a lot because they're, uh, Hellstorm lives in Nashville. We know yeah. those guys, uh, me and Joe, I love Joe. Incredible yeah. guitar player. Um, so we got to hang out with them quite a bit and it was just cool seeing like, the same people that you, you'd see because uh, you look around and, and, and you focus on different folks and you see different faces. And then it's really cool to see them at a bar and they recognize, Hey man, come grab a beer. You know, like it's, it's cool. Like, um, yeah. definitely post show pre show can be a little dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As again, it, it's slippery. Because when you stop, you know, it's you funny. Know. Loose, Loose Tyler was on that stage. Uh, the thing is, is like with with, with, the, with the cruise, it's like we we call it a family, and you know, people may like it like a oh, family. I'm like, the truth of the matter is, it really is because at certain points, they just say, "Hey, come and get a beer." It's it's that's what you would say to your uncle or your cousin or whoever. Hey, come get a beer yeah. with us. Um, but the thing about you mentioned the sixty to hundred people, and Chad and I have spoken with people prior to this, is that. Those 60 to 100 people are the kind that show up at your shows in yeah. Kansas City or St. Louis or whatever, and they bring friends and they bring the banners and stuff like that. And they, and the cruise has always been really good about building a, like a loyalty. I mean, the loyalty we show to the ship rockers is the loyalty they show to the bands that come on board because they're stoked because yeah. you want to be part of their experience that they have every year and that, and that we all love. And then you become part of the family yeah. and we just keep growing this thing out and out and out and out. So it, it's yeah. really refreshing to hear that those people are like gravitate to you and it becomes just this kind of familiar thing. And 
Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's great to hear the stories, man. So thank you. Thank you uh, so much for, for, for being so kind with those people because they are an amazing, amazing people and they are encyclopedias for music, so they know your shit. Yeah. I, I was going to segue in my, the only, I had one, I had one remaining question about this, this particular, this particular subject. And, and have, I don't know where you've been since the ship. I don't know, you know, shortly thereafter, obviously we, uh, we shut down. I don't know if you got the chance to tour or play out yet, uh, post ship until now, or you just went home. Uh, did you, uh, I post ship, we played, uh, I think we had a handful of shows. We were gearing up for, um, I mean, I think it's a show we just canceled like 50 dates. So, um, we were supporting some bands and then we were doing, um, our own headlining tour in the United States. Then we're doing a headlining tour in Europe and that's all, that's all gone. We, we canceled four or five major festivals in Europe. So, um, yeah. uh, the COVID thing just kind of wiped out, um, hit reset button. So, um, you know, and that's, hey, man, it's happening to everybody. We're all in this together. I would never say, well, it's me ever, you know. So, I'd like, you know, there's other bands that have it way worse than we do. Um, our bands are awesome. And, uh, uh, we just, we're just making a new record right now. We, I was not planning on making a record this year. So, yeah. hopefully, by June fans uh, will receive a awesome new record. Um, I don't know when, but it's 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 definitely moved up than what it was because of covid so uh to answer your question i don't i think we played a handful of shows man maybe three or four after ship rock i, was, I think directly did, after or like a little bit like a couple of weeks after so. uh, I, think it was, I think it was um uh it's like a week after or a week or oh. two i think i don't know i don't remember it's kind of all blurring together but uh, yeah. what i'm asking is your sea legs uh two, well, two reasons i want to see if you saw that what justin was um uh, describing because it, it, it it's going to be there. Uh, you give it, you get what you put in with the ship. The ship is, is a beast, all of it, all of it, its own. I don't really know how to describe the fans on there other than saying that they're the best. They're the best people, most supportive people. They're family, just like Justin said. And you, you'll see them at your shows, and you'll instantly, like you said, you were looking out from the stage, and you saw somebody in the audience later on that night. You saw them at the bar, and they bought you a drink or whatever. That will continue to right. follow you. Uh, I used the Donnie Darko version of uh, describing it. If you've seen the, the, the film about your future being in front of you or behind you at all time, right? And then right. post, but outside of that, because we're, we're not there yet as an as a industry, beyond that, what did you feel like when you stepped off of that, that, that boat for the first time, man? The first 24 hours. I, mean, I, kissed, I kissed the ground because like I... I <laughs> said i was most i i have terrible motion sickness you're asking the wrong guy i think no i mean i think it was dope man the whole the whole uh experience was um it was fun the people on it the people that showed up to shows and uh, people eating grease people at bingo like dude it was just last we had a great time it was um um i was kind of you know sometimes you look around like i'm getting paid to do this you know yeah but, yeah <laughs> Did you feel weird, like physically, as a body? Did your body feel like you were constantly moving side to side? That's how I always feel when I got the ship. I'm like, yeah, con- yeah, and, like, yeah. When I got off, like the next day, like I was still like in bed. I was kind of like, kind of yeah. going back and forth. Yeah. I tell you what, dude, I had so much medicine. I had C bands on. I had. I was taking Bodine. I was taking uh, a patch, that patch thing. Mm-hmm. So I had like been building on. Dude, you were you were loaded. Yeah. Loaded. So I woke up um, the morning after. I just like maxed out. I'm like, I'm tired of being sick. I'm maxed 
everything out. I went to sleep. I woke up and I. It was the, it was the key West day, so I literally slept in my my bunk the in the in the cabin uh, all day because like I could, vertigo is like you have no sense of balance. Like I was literally crawling to like the bathroom and like stuff yeah. putting stuff on, uh, but I fell asleep and everything's great. So not a bad you know. Well, I'm glad I didn't have too bad of a sleep. <laughs> my first time that it was like a week after that I was just literally sick and uh, I was having a good time, but we had to go on tour. We went went. went from ship to in, yeah, back right. in the van and go play yeah. shows. And like for a week, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm playing sideways the entire time. Hey, hey, right. Tyler, coincide with that. We have a, a, a question from Carissa, a ship rocker. She wants to know, Tyler, when you guys are on tour, what's your favorite city to play? Ah, question. Um, well, we always have a great time in Texas. Um, what city would that be? Um, not damn state, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn state, yeah. <laughs> uh, the gas, I think it's the gas, the gas monkey in Dallas. Is in Dallas, yeah, awesome. That they, they always, they always treat us well. Um, I mean, man, Austin's red. Um, we do great in like Indianapolis. Our hometown is always awesome. We always have a great time here. Um, I mean, to be on one of the best shows. One of the best has been uh, Minneapolis, knew how to get down. Like, that was one of our first shows when we just, just released the EP. And um, maybe, Dad, you can talk to this. Like, it was one of the first shows where we had, like, 100 to 150 people show up that knew who we were. They knew the songs. And I don't know, like, that feeling of... You know, so I have this romantic thing about Minneapolis. That it's like those people get it. Like they yeah. always got it. Yeah. And it might have just be, it might have just been the timing of the EP or whatever. But like that was um, so I have this romantic thing with Minneapolis that it was just it was it was it was awesome. So we played a little rock club there with Bad Flower, and uh, it was so much fun. Dude, that, um, that city is amazing. It's a it's just like a great music town. They have a music college. It's it's always. Yeah. It's always bumping. They have great rooms, a great, rich history of independent music, too, Prince. Sure. Uh, that's a great space to be. Yeah, that romantic feeling, though, man. It, it could be anywhere. It could be... For, uh, there was a, our first show, I think, from Wilson outside of Michigan, uh, where, like, two people showed up that knew who, who we were. And, right. uh, right. Like, bum town. I think it was Terre Haute. It was Terre Haute, Indiana, actually. And, yeah, uh, you know, what, dude? We love Terre Haute. And Terre Haute's an awful place. But for that, for, like, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So, so can you match, mention Minneapolis and forget the replacements for Husker Du? Oh, Husky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I am. I'm, I'm crippled. Not. I am now crippled. So, um, I would say... A more con- very concise answer is I would say my one my favorite place to play right now in this moment in my life is Hamburg, Germany. Oh my god. We've been there we've been multiple flight. They're playing Hamburg. And uh so so one of my favorite musical memories ever in this whole career I've had, this ups and downs and lefts and rights and you know, is um we were playing and we went into Darlin and Hamburg was, it was a sold out crowd. It was in this little basement. That was probably, there was a couple hundred people there. Um, it was packed. It was sweaty. It was hot. It was awesome. And, 
So we get through playing, like typically we kind of juice the set in the beginning. You know, we're going to hit, we're going to hit you with three, four or five songs. That's hot in the beginning. And that hopefully creates space for a, a down song to give people a breath, you know? Yeah. And here comes, here comes darling. Right. Mm. And Landon steps up, starts singing it. The crowd is so loud singing darling that he can't, he can't hear him. They're coming through his mic. So he can't hear himself really. So he gets the idea. He just like turns it around. He steps on the front of the stage and he just sits and, and sings it with them. And it was one of my favorite moments. Like, um, just to hear a unison crowd singing your lyrics yeah. and it being very special. I mean, there's yeah. a connection there. So yeah, got a what shout out to my, my yeah. Hamburg folk. What doesn't hang thing up? You know, I mean, obviously when we think of Hamburg and music, we think of the Beatles doing the eight forty five minute sets for how long, because they were hooked on speed, but in at the strip, that kind of reaction, like the, the Germans, they, they give off. So yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Thank you. I'm trying to find that that room. I think I know the room that you played. Yeah, uh, I it's played that room. Three, it's a three tier right there. Yeah. I, it's definitely a two tier. I think it's a three tier. Yeah, you know, small, medium, large. I thought you were yeah. going to talk about the red the red light district or some uh, after your league is great because afterwards we went to the red light district Hamburg. Right. <laughs> With the red light, great. No, uh, the place is great though. Hamburg is awesome. Yeah, they always show up for. Uh, so let me ask you, going forward here, this has been an absolute great discussion so far. Going forward, obviously, we don't know what the state of things are as far as touring, but music, you guys, uh, are working on some new material. Yep. Um, and obviously, it's too early to see when it's going to see the light of day, but is there something you guys may put out before the end of the year, just a single or something for people? Um, I mean, we're we're listening to mixes right now of, you know, a couple songs. So um, I would say that's definitely uh, – within the realm of possibility it's not uh, i don't know man you know how it is short cycles and like uh, i definitely think we're, we're you know um I, we'll see i i hope so i want to so i want to put something out um i would put something out in the next 90 days but that's not you know what i'm saying we sure i don't know we'll see we're working hard we got a we're, we're getting that we're in the beginning phases of a record we got a couple songs in Everything's feeling great. Sounds super excited. It's it's brand new, incredible. In my opinion, the best stuff we've ever done by far. In my opinion, but um, so I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Well, I mean, community and it's still fresh in a lot of people's uh, of minds. So, but obviously, for a band, when you and we put that out last year, we're miles ahead of that at this point. So, yeah, yep. but. Uh, uh, Chad, did you have anything we, you know, you given us an hour, hour of your time tonight, Tyler. We couldn't have been more appreciative, man. Thank you so much. Um, Chad, do you have anything to add before we, uh, before we no. see Tyler living back to his might? I was going to ask, the last question I was going to ask is, uh, um, what's your favorite beer, man? Well, I usually say uh, I love cheap, terrible beer. So yeah. uh, I can do, I can, I can dive down in the natty bush light and be pretty happy um i thought in the spirit of this evening uh <laughs> I, I got, you know that's what I, that's what i was drinking on ship rock you know so i yeah. was like i thought i'd um have a cup of go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> hey did you do you like uh, whiskey do you drink whiskey at all 
man, I can. If it messes you up, I can drink. Um, I'm. I would say uh, I love Jameson. Jameson is uh, wonderful. Like I love Jameson Twelve Year. They don't make it anymore, but yeah, I have a couple of bottles of Jameson Twelve. It's my absolute favorite. Uh, tequila, whatever, man. I'm so easy. Some friends of mine uh, turned me on to this screwball, and, uh, and uh, I'm finally, I saved this this last, until today, I saved this last uh, shot of it. Cheers. Beautiful devil. I, I, I drank it all down. It's so delicious. It is um, a peanut butter whiskey. And you think at first, like, well, that's going to taste weird. And I've been sipping and nipping on this this entire quarantine, and I finally got to the last drink, and I wanted to cheers you guys and um, tell you thanks for your time and uh, it's been a pleasure, yeah. dude, and I, I love your band, and I'm I'm just thankful to be here mm-hmm. with you all that day, man. Thanks for telling us some great stories too, dude. Oh man, thanks. I was bad. Uh, yeah, I already drank all my Patron, so I can't toast you, but I can tell people in Shiprock to said, guys, um, if you're looking for some good, a uh, little bit of blues, a little bit of rock, if you guys grew up on Aerosmith and Black Crows, and I think you may want to check out Goodbye June if you're not familiar with them. I said there are along with Dirty Honey, Rival Sons, uh, Kings of Leon, obviously, and then uh, Greta Van Fleet, they are the next generation of, of pure rock and roll, organic, knuckles on the ground kind of stuff. So it, it, make sure to check them out. Community ends their latest record. Uh, Tyler, do you have any places you want to send people for uh, pickup music or maybe some merch from the band? I mean, just, uh, you know, Google Machinist. <laughs> you, uh, you know, whatever, man. Like, um, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, however you consume music, we're out there. Uh, man, just whatever you want to do. Check, right, out well, Wilson. check out Wilson, too. That band. <laughs> check out that guy. Well, cheers, man. Thanks for, thanks for being yes. a part of this. Thing. I, uh, I, I wanted to say, I wanted to just... I got say, a little bit left. All right, well, appreciate <laughs> you, man. It, uh, everyone, real quick, some housekeeping. We obviously have very few cabins left for 2021, so uh, make sure and go to shiprock.com to... Uh, secure a cabin and if you got some friends that are interested please by all means mention it as well um as we say you want to be waving from the ship and not the shore as we leave in 2021 uh again thank you tyler and uh obviously goodbye june for giving us your tuesday night make sure and check them out guys and um well i guess that's about it for this tuesday everyone have a great rest of your week tyler again thank you my brother best to you chad hey love you Next time, bro. Next time. Thank you, TikTokers. Um, thank you for all your comments. And we'll, uh, we'll touch base. The secrets in the sunset The lies are in the waves The weeds in the west, yeah And it's just too late to change Early morning blue spins I was shaking in my
Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.